0: As a small business owner, your to-do list is long. The Knot makes advertising easy and connects you with the right couples at the right time. Visit vendors.thenot.com slash podcast for 15% off your first month with code podcast15. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. Uh, I am your co or your host, Jackson McCurry. Anthony Jokie's rolling with us. And Anthony, we got a special guest tonight as well. Yeah, it's been
2: a while uh, since we've had him on the show, but it's always great to, to talk to this gentleman. And, you know, we've had him on consistently since we started this thing, what, five years ago. So it's it's always great to have him back.
0: Yes. And joining us tonight, like Anthony said, he's always been on with us consistently uh, through the good times and the bads of Browns football. He's the managing editor of the Browns Wire. It's the one and only Jared Mueller. Jared, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm good, gentlemen. I'm good. Are we going to talk uh, OBJ trade
3: or? Oh wait, no. We are not doing that this year, right? Man, that feels like for like that feels like a decade ago at this point in time. Uh, it it but really it's good, does. But it's good to be on with you guys. It's always good to have, you know. I always say something about sports. You know, there's a lot of drama, a lot of bull crap to it, uh, but having good people you can connect with is one of the positives of of sports, of social media, of all that. So. Uh, you guys are good people. So
0: I love being a part of your show. And we love that. You are always willing to come on. We appreciate you so much. Uh, you're one of our most frequent guests. So we really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, join us. Cause we know how busy you are with your real job, handling things at the Brown's wire. So we're always grateful for you. Absolutely. Um, so Busy Browns day to a degree, busy couple days since the preseason game, but the Browns were obviously active today. And we'll start off with that. Uh, they had to make roster moves. It was cut down day uh, in the NFL going from 90 to 85. Uh, the Browns also picked up somebody off the, ro- on, uh, off the, or are they, I think they claimed this dude off a of waiver. Yeah. He's wire. off the waiver wire from new Orleans. Okay. His name is, I think it's Aesop. I'm hoping I pronounce that right. It's Aesop Winston wide receiver. Uh, from or he played, came from the new Orleans saints, uh, was an undrafted rookie out of Washington state in 2020. Uh, Jared, when you look at this guy, just seems like this is going to be another guy to get a crack at the return game. Um, averaged almost 12 yards per return last year in new Orleans in three games. So, uh, 5'11", 190 pounds. This is clearly a guy that, uh, they're going to give an opportunity to the re- uh, return positions after the Jakeen grant injury. Yeah, I
3: think it's really interesting that the Browns, two years in a row, have really uh, suffered from, they wanted this one guy to be the return guy, JoJo Natson, on a reverse, I believe, or an end around, you know, tears his ACL. Then Jakeem Grant comes in on a three-year contract that has an out after one year, and he goes down, you know, in training camp. it's It's really interesting. They really want to have a decent return game. Uh, and I couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was a joke, and then I realized we're not in OTAs. Ronnie Harrison took the first snaps. Now, obviously, it didn't matter the order. Uh, Ronnie Harrison took the first snaps as a returner yesterday. And so, yeah, they're just looking at what do they have available to have a quality return game, uh, their new depth chart that just came out this afternoon, at least on their official website or their media website. Uh has um Demetric Felton as their only kick and punt returner. So uh they only had Grant on there in their first week. Now they only have Felton. So they are not putting who else could be returning kicks, and Demetric Felton is there. Um listen, Aesops Fables over here. I'm I have no idea. I didn't even know who he was. It took me a second to figure out um, you know, who, who Winston was. Um, actually, I didn't really. Jeff Risden took care of that for us. Um Listen, return game is really important. I don't need to see Jim, Jim, Leanna hard, uh, Jim Leonard, <laughs> just back there catching fair catching everything like you can put anybody back there to do that. Um, we need to get some some dynamic plays um, and even those hidden yardage, those seven yard returns instead of two yards. Right. All of those things are really going to matter for a team that does not that needs to win the margin game if their quarterback is Jacoby Brissett.
0: Uh, Anthony, don't you feel like it's Demetric Felton's job to lose at this point? I mean, he was our primary punt returner until I think the Baltimore game last year where he fumbled a couple times and he lost the job. It would seem like, and he's going to make this roster. I think now with the, the lack of depth at the wide receiver position, don't you think it's his job to lose in terms of the return game?
2: Uh, Yeah, because I honestly don't want anybody else back there. You know, Jared mentioned Ronnie Harrison. I'm like, no, he brought up Jim Leonard. That was my first thought too. (laughs) Um, Anthony Swartz has a lot of other things to focus on, like catching the football. Uh, People's Jones, um, that experiment failed early on last season. So, um, yeah, it's kind of by default goes to to Felton. So maybe this uh, Aesop Winston can come in, uh, get some reps, maybe, you know, show something, but you know, right now it's Felton or nothing, it seems like.
0: I had to laugh on Brown's Facebook the other day. Somebody mentioned bring back Damon Shihi Giuseppe and that just gave me twenty nineteen vibes all over again. I'm like, that was a great feel good story for about five seconds, but uh I don't even know where that kid's at these days, but you know, that was just Does uh, he have OBJ's shoes still? I would hope so. I would, I would hope have, so. I would hold on to those forever. Uh and then the Browns made some roster cuts today. Um well mainly they made two cuts because the other two guys went on uh injured reserve nick harris and dawson dean which we'll get to but they cut um sheldon day and then they also waived with the injury designation
3: yeah what was what his name says, again that offensive lineman uh it's not up Na- on the site just yet nakasa N- N- uh elijah uh, yeah. N- Kasa, elijah nakansa
0: yeah, so I mean, none of these roster moves were a surprise. We knew Deaton and Harris would be going on injured reserve, but Sheldon Day, this on the name alone was kind of a surprise, just because the D tackle room's just been uh, in a shuffle, to say the least. Um, but he wasn't much guaranteed money. Jack Duffin pointed that out, but like none of these roster moves were very, very much a surprise today.
3: No, not at all. I mean, uh, the obviously the old saying. You can't make the club from in the tub. Sheldon Day hasn't practiced. He's had a back injury. He's someone we know because there was some draft hype about him. He fell, I believe, to the fifth round um, and has kind of moved his way around the NFL. He looks interesting. He's undersized. Um, He's not a player. Uh, He's a player that old Browns would have kept. But at this point, I think they actually like a little bit of what they're seeing from some of the young guys. And they like that they'll be able to move Alex Wright Garrett Clowney, some of those guys inside as well. So um everything else makes sense, right? Harris Deaton, um, the receiver Derek Dillon, uh, then Sheldon Day, and then um the Browns have a lot of offensive linemen, right? So with that many offensive linemen, you're probably gonna go in that in that way and probably um, be able to kind of get rid of a few. I'll be interested in the next uh cut if the or the next time they got to move down. Uh, do they actually find a trade partner uh, like the Eagles did to trade um, their wide receiver to try to take a look at, a, I believe it was a cornerback. If we see something like that from one of the offensive linemen, a Drew Forbes, one of those kind of guys that maybe is on the border and the Browns get a look at somebody else.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the offensive line. We have Dunn, we have Hans, we have Forbes, Alex Taylor. Like we have some guys that we could flip. To pick up something at a position of weakness, much like if they wanted to add another D tackle, obviously wide receiver, any of the other positions that are just really weak on what's a talented roster right now. Um, We mentioned Harrison Deaton. obviously Anthony and I talked about Nick Harris's injury on our last episode, but then Monday early on in practice Dawson Deaton um, seventh round pick out of Texas Tech he says second string center on the depth chart behind Ethan Posick, but he's more the, I think he's more the third string just because Hoffman got the first crack in the majority of the snaps Friday night. He gets carted off with an ACL injury. He's out for the year. Uh, Anthony, the center position takes another hit uh, in a matter of a few days. And now we're down to just two centers. It would, it would make sense that the Browns might be looking unless they're looking from within to uh, bring in another potential center to back up Ethan Posick.
2: Yeah. I, I really don't want to talk off the offensive line because the last two times I've done it, there's been an injury immediately. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it seems like it's going to be Pochick. Um, You know, I, I don't think that, you know, they'll go down that that treader route and you heard Betonio's comments uh, yesterday about it. So um, uh, I want to say, you know, Michael Dunn in an emergency, I think can do it. So uh, um, you know, maybe it's just going to be Pochik and um, Hoffman behind him, and you know, that's what we got to roll with this year,
0: yeah. So, Jared, like Brock Hoffman, obviously, is an undrafted free agent signing. Um, but going back to the JC Treader thing, Batonio's comments were eyebrow raising, but also at the same time. Like, I've seen NFL player union presidents in the past not get picked up by a team and just kind of hang on as a free agent until their presidency was up. Is this another case with Treader? Is like, the comments he's made about, you know, field conditions, the COVID rules and everything, is this really uh, making him essentially blackballed from teams at this point?
3: Um, not blackballed is a little bit of a strong term, but yeah, you know, it's like anything and we can use whatever example we want. Callan Kaepernick or, you know, whatever is, is the juice worth the squeeze. And so the only place that I think it would be actually is in Cleveland, just because they know him. He doesn't need to practice and he hasn't practiced in like two or three years anyways. Um, so they, he wouldn't need to do that, but yeah, I mean, he almost similar to what the NFL PA, uh, did when it came to discipline and he has valued uh, the majority over his own career and at some level. And so willing to say things, willing to do things that really, you know, put his career at some jeopardy, but he takes that role really, really seriously. I think overall if he was more talented and less injured, we wouldn't have that concern and that he would be on a roster someplace. Uh, but right now he is injured all the time or really struggles to do anything consistently. So a new team can't get used to him. And even for the Browns um, it is a new set of quarterbacks. So you do need your center to be out there, right? It's not Baker Mayfield who dealt with JC Tretter and new JC Tretter and JC Tretter knew him. It's not Mayfield. It's not a single quarterback that would have taken snaps from him. And so because of that, I think it just doesn't make sense for the Browns and for everybody else, you know, right now the juice isn't worth the squeeze. So, um, it doesn't become public knowledge generally, but yesterday, the even before the Deaton injury, the Browns had two interior offensive linemen in for workouts, which uh, is kind of telling, and um, those are not really posted anywhere except for when you get the secret email that you're not supposed to get that literally says don't share this with anybody, and then you get it. It's really fun when you get somehow feel inside for a five minutes or whatever. Um, so the two guys that they brought in uh, – Tyrese Robinson out of Oklahoma is just a burly guard. Doesn't really fit what you would think for their system. Similar to a David Moore, who they still have, who a lot of us liked uh, as an undrafted free agent who bounced around a little bit and they finally got him this year. Uh, But the one that is a center is uh, Cole Cabral, C-A-B-R-A-L, 6'5", 295, kind of that Ethan Posick, that that bigger kind of tall, but uh, got some, some ability to move he was a uh undrafted free agent uh most recently uh in 2021 was with the minnesota vikings so they had those two guys in for a workout uh, they might be the best options or one uh, a cabral could be the guy that they would look at uh now that deaton went down but they still need to kind of arrange their roster and figure some of that kind of stuff out
0: yeah, and I have the free agent centers up right now on the on our Zoom call. We mentioned Treader, but Matt Paradis is out there, Josh Andrews, B.J. Finney, not very good names. I mean, Paradis has the most experience, I think, out of the bunch. I think he played in Denver uh, or the early part of his career. He was with recently with Carolina, but not very good names. You know, this could be another trade route, potentially, you know, trade a corner for something or Something from a strength, a uh, position of strength to where they can upgrade maybe the offensive line depth. But Anthony mentioned Michael Dunn. He's taken snaps at center. We'll see how that shakes out ultimately as the preseason goes, as the roster cutdowns happen. Um,
2: oh. I want to jump back on the Treder thing really quickly. Is a juice worth the squeeze from his point of view? Because right now, you know, the, the Browns don't know. They don't. Well, I guess they know it was going to be week one, but they don't know for how long. So if this kind of going into a season where you might not make the playoffs, maybe he wants to win. So maybe from his point of view, it's it's not worth the squeeze on his side.
0: Yeah, I would think so. I mean, he's been linked to Tampa because they had their center go, on, go down and I think their backup center as well. But, you know, he might want to wait. He might want to take the OBJ route and say, hey, like week eight, week nine, post-trade deadline, if, if a contender needs a center, which would be really weird midway through the season for a contender to uh, say, hey, we need to really beef up our offensive line. Let's go get this uh, center with some bad knees um, who hasn't played. But I mean, maybe he goes that method down the second half of the season.
3: Yeah, and I think the other thing, you know, for for Tretter is what, is what does he value? What is he looking kind of in that long term, right? Um, And for the Browns, I think obviously Bill Callahan can do a lot of things. You wonder if Callahan is more comfortable working with Dunn or Forbes or Hjalte Froholt. Um, I'm trying to see if I got his name pronounced right. You know, if he's just more comfortable working with those guys because they already understand um, kind of the language and he already knows their weaknesses, their strengths. So you just wonder if they just look at that and say, yes, this guy might be a more traditional center, but This gives us more flexibility. We know what this guy can do, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Because they do have a lot of guards. They do have a lot of tackles. Chris Hubbard is both. Um, You know, in the end, you can't have a weak link on your offensive line. And uh, there is not one of us that thinks Ethan Posick, based on what he was in Seattle, is anything but a weak link. So, um, you know, we'll see what what comes of that, see what Callahan has been able to do with him this offseason to see if he can really make that impact.
0: So, Jared, when you look at this roster right now, through one week of preseason, they've cut down to 85. Which position group right now are you the most concerned with as we're within a month of the regular season opener against Carolina?
3: Am I allowed to say quarterback? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all we've, that's all we've talked about all offseason, right, is the quarterback. And now, um, you know, we don't know what's going to go on with Watson. You know, for me, obviously, the easy answer is wide receiver. But with Jacoby Bursett you're you're not really gonna be able to be explosive really anyways you're gonna be pretty limited so you want amari cooper david Njoku, the running backs, some of the versatility um not that it would be bad to have you know obviously more talented wide receivers but i don't think with Brissett it really matters because i'm not sure he's going to take advantage of it and then with watson i don't think it matters because he's going to make other people good right you know uh tom brady made Deion branch uh the highest paid receiver in the NFL. This was way years ago at this point in time, but uh, great quarterbacks make wide receivers better. So I'm not sure it's the wide receiver position and I'm not sure defensive tackle matters. Again, I'm, I'm just kind of clicking off the ones that other people and naturally I'm like the defensive tackle room sucks, but I'm not sure it's going to matter. For me, it really is still the lack of a true free safety. I really, I love Grant Delpit. I really like John Johnson. I think Ronnie Harrison is a lighter version of a linebacker, which is fine. I just think they're missing that true center fielder in the back of their defense that can do a lot of things that can erase mistakes, uh, especially as it's seemingly aggressive as these cornerbacks want to be. We know Denzel is uh, MJ Emerson. Martin shows that showed that in the preseason game, you know, having a free safety that can take away some things is really something that I think is missing. Can Delpit? it. Become that? Maybe. I'm just not sure that's really his best role. I would love to have a true free safety, even if he's not as talented as Johnson and Delpit, to have those two in the lineup with a true free safety to really kind of uh, allow the defense to be the best it can be. Right now, Delpit or Johnson has to take that role, and that's just not their strength.
0: Yeah. Like I was on sports for CLE Tuesday afternoon and we talked about how John Johnson was ESPN's bounce back player for the Browns this coming season. And I was looking at snap counts and like where he played with the Browns compared to the Rams and he split free safety and the box safety. And then in Cleveland, he was a majority of free safety, I think until the second half. And then he started playing more back in the box. And I think that's why he turned the corner was back to the, the Rams, John Johnson, I think Delbert could be that. I think he's versatile enough. He played nickel at LSU. He's moved all over the field. I just, I'm with you. I don't know if he can be that traditional free safety for us. That's why during the offseason I was saying, bring Tyron Matthew in because I thought we had the cap space. We had the flexibility to go get him. Obviously he wanted to go home to new Orleans and I perfectly understand that, but I'm with you. I don't know if he can be that true free safety. We know Ronnie Harrison can't be. So it just makes you wonder what the Browns plan is and as handling those safeties, Joe Woods has to have a plan and it worked during the second half of the year last year. It just makes you wonder if it's going to be able to adapt to a full 17 games uh, slate. Anthony, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah. You know, you both hit uh, on some very good points there. And I, you know, I still th- think the secondary regardless is still going to be very good you know you're asking that question uh but th- i think the reality is you know with who they have in that defensive secondary we kind of talked about it in the last episode too the depth that they have at corner uh those guys at the top there at safety uh, it's it's very good and of course the two good defensive ends so i i just think um you know whether in, the passing attack that they'll be guarding against. I I think they're going to be, you know, perfectly fine, but would you in an ideal situation have somebody better at that spot? Sure. But um, you know, this defensive secondary is very good. And I I think over the course of the year, you'll see that.
0: I think also having a, a fully healthy Grant Delpit plays, it could mean he can be better off at free safety because I think he was still limited in what he was, what he thought he could do, what the Browns thought he was able to do last year coming off the Achilles injury. Now he's a completely hundred percent. Maybe he's free to roam as the free safety back there. Maybe he's confident in himself to where he can make plays at that level and be our ball hawking safety that we needed back there. And I mean, we don't think it now, but maybe once the season starts and he starts making plays back there we'll feel more confident about him being that free safety.
3: Yeah. And the other thing we lost, uh, MJ Stewart, uh, went to the Houston Texans this year, by the way, the Texans have signed so many Browns players over the last couple of years, Tavier Thomas and, um, Elijah Lee. And I mean, there's just a variety of them down there. Um, a couple of interior defensive linemen. Kirksey. Uh, Vince, yeah. Kirksy, Eric Murray, Vincent Taylor, um uh, Pharaoh Brown. Like, there Fels is a down there. Yeah. Yeah, and the funny thing is is the Browns traded with the Texans for Deshaun Watson and didn't trade any players. But (laughs) uh, I think MJ Stewart is going to be a player that the Browns lost this offseason that uh, is going to be missed a little bit more than people think, which is, uh, again, he was that versatile corner, uh, slot, safety, whatever role. just think it's going to be interesting. Again, they have a lot of good players. Um, Sliding Newsom into the slot is going to be interesting. It's just different. Um, but Emerson, Greedy, A.J. Green, like they got a lot of good cornerbacks, um, but it's kind of like the defensive end room. They got a lot of good defensive end or talented defensive ends with not very good defensive tackles. Thankfully, the safety room, they got two that are really good or I think are going to be really good. I just wish they had that one role, partially because it's my favorite position on the defense, right? Like I love, 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 love a free safety. It might be my favorite position in all of the NFL, Uh, And I have been pushing for whoever every single one I've wanted. I don't care who it is. I'm like, I want a free safety. You know, it doesn't matter. I want a free safety every year. And they just keep kind of moving forward without that pure guy.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's weird. Ever since the Sean Gibson, it's just been a rotating door at that revolving door, not rotating door at that position group. And it's so, it's so fascinating. Um, we mentioned wide receiver, Anthony and I have talked about it since we started uh, this current season. We keep saying, who would they bring in as a free agent signing? Uh, people have mentioned trade options and, you know, Jared, I threw this out to you when I sent you the show sheet, what wide receivers do you think are, would be most interested to the, by the Browns to bring in to potentially upgrade the room. If they do choose to upgrade their room, they brought in some guys from the USFL. Um, They're rolling with our undrafted free agent signings that we've brought in, but it just seems like they're not going to add somebody. Maybe they still will, but who would you bring in? Whether it's a trade or free agent signing to uh, upgrade the room potentially.
3: So for me all off season, the weird one was Julio Jones. Like I thought I I've heard a lot of good things about Julio and what kind of shape he was in and I just thought that would be a really good fit uh, for what they might need and how he could create some versatility uh, with Amari Cooper playing out of the slot unfortunately he went to Tampa Bay Um, I think two of the younger guys who haven't done real well in their current positions one of them we'll get to see this week with the Philadelphia Eagles Jalen Rager is going to be an interesting name Uh, the Chenault kid I can't Leviskis Uh, whatever. I'm really good at names sometimes, but Chanel could be an interesting guy as kind of that gadget player a little bit uh, in some of the roles that they were looking at. Um, I, I still think interestingly, the team would really love to have Odell Beckham jr. Back. I don't think it's likely. Um, And obviously he can't play probably until November, December kind of time. So uh, I don't think it's likely, but I think I know that the teammates would love to have him back. Um, You know, there's, while the talk has been of Will Fuller, Kenny Stills uh, is another name that just to kind of keep an eye on um, that is, uh, I can say the Browns have talked to his agent, uh, whether that goes anywhere um, or or what's looking there. So, you know, I I think there's going to be somebody interesting. I know that sounds weird to say uh, that could become available, but the Browns right now, whether we like it or not, it's Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Um, Anthony Schwartz and David Bell like those four are making the team Michael Woods has looked really good so those five are probably making the team and then Demetric Felton I think you look at him as a wide receiver at least for a numbers perspective and you've hit six right so unfortunately while we may have some concerns about that group that's the group and who's going to come in that they for certain know are better than those guys they're not I don't see them cutting Anthony Schwartz. He's a third round pick last year. Like, I just don't see that happening. Uh, Even, you know, he made the highlight reel catch today and all that stuff. Um, So I think we're at our six at some level, unless, you know, unless they were really high on one of those guys and they can, you know, spend a six round pick or again, trade an offensive line and a quarterback cornerback to get that guy. I just don't see it unless again, it's, you know, it's one of those situations You know, a running back gets hurt. So Felton kind of moves back in as the the fourth running back. So they have room for a a Stills or a Fuller. I'm just not sure any of those are going to make sense or the Browns are going to
0: care enough to do that. So you mentioned Odell Beckham and it uh, it was brought to my attention because it was, you know, floated around on social media. There was an Instagram post of Baker in the Panthers uniform and Odell Beckham commented, go shine. And now everybody was like thrown for a lube going, well, I thought these two didn't like each other.
1: Are you looking for more in this world? Are you ready for something bigger? Then we are looking for you. The big-hearted, the bold, the messy and the gutsy. The teachers, the growers, the builders. The skilled, the sharers, the change makers. We need you. We are the Peace Corps. In more than 60 countries, we go all in and all out. We are volunteers, partners, communities, working together, living together, bringing our experience, passion, and joy to building a better world together. From tackling climate change in Mexico to keeping kids healthy in Kenya, from sustainable farming in the Philippines to education in Kosovo, we learn more, give more, share freely, and serve boldly. Are you ready to tackle the tough stuff to go the distance to make a difference? Then we have a place where you belong. Join us at PeaceCorps.gov. Welcome to Vast National Bank. How can I help you? Hey, I'm here to talk to someone about a loan. Oh, I'll grab you the L97B. (laughs) We call it the just talking form. What about
2: actually applying for a loan? Oh my, let me pop in a new toner cartridge. Hey Bill, wanna pass me the big stapler?
0: Yeah, I'm going to try a community bank.
2: Skip the mega bank. When you need
3: a loan, find a community bank at banklocally.org.
0: Jared, I have a theory and Anthony, you can chime in on this as well. What if Baker wasn't the issue? Was Kevin Stefanski and Odell butting heads about how he was being used in the offense and maybe Stefanski was ultimately the reason Odell forced his way out of Cleveland?
3: That's an interesting theory. I don't think so uh interestingly baker mayfield and odell beckham jr had the same kind of arguments about their offense and they just wanted more flexibility they wanted more creativity they agreed on that the blunt reality and i i'll this is probably overstating it those two really like each other odell just hated playing with them like that's just simple as that like they really like each other they really hung out in the offseason right. they really vibed really well together And Odell didn't want him throwing him any passes anymore. Like, dude, I love you, but I don't want to work with you. Like, that's kind of what it was from what I understand. Now, they both want to do whatever. Like, they wanted to run whatever random routes, and they wanted to draw it up in the sand and some of that kind of stuff. They actually agreed on all of that. They just didn't agree that Odell didn't want it to be Baker throwing in the ball. Uh, So, uh, yeah, Stefanski's system is set up to minimize the terrible but it does sort of minimize the possible high upside. But that safety makes sense when it comes to that, with the run game, with the defense they have, you know, you're, you're trying to limit the mistakes and and make some good plays. So it would make sense he didn't love Kevin Stefanski.
0: Well, I mean, and it makes sense and because Stefan Diggs forced his way out of Minnesota, being in that same offense under Stefanski, which I think he left Minnesota after Stefanski already took the Browns job. So maybe the plant the seeds were already planted before Stefanski left, and Diggs finally just said, oh, I want to go win, and let's trade me somewhere, and he ultimately went to Buffalo. So who knows if we'll ever know the complete full story of the whole OBJ exit, the situation with Baker and everything. But I just thought that was fascinating that, you know, Odell commented and like told Baker, go shine kid. And it was just like, we, it's just an interesting situation.
3: And, and to be honest, that is a great representation. While fans and media and all that can say what they want about Odell Beckham Jr. No one has anything negative to say about the guy, even as his struggles in New York and all that he did there, like people, freaking love that dude and he is the most genuinely caring passionate hard-working like you name it that guy tried to come back so hard and had a bad surgery like his acl surgery that he got whoever gave it to him while he was in cleveland didn't go well and that dude rehabbed his butt off so you really do see someone who really wants other people to shine doesn't hold grudges really cares about people gives away everything everything like always is giving 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 to people like he is a great dude and a great teammate who was just frustrated and you have to and add to that that he knew his knee wasn't doing what it was supposed to do like he was frustrated with where he was in his rehab and all that he didn't know it was going to tear again but he knew he wasn't where he needed to be and he didn't want to just keep going down that road again so He gave up some money to do that. If I remember exactly correct, it wasn't a ton, but he gave up a little bit of money to to move on. And uh, he never said a bad word about anybody with the Browns. Not one, right? And, And it's telling how his teammates talked about him when he left. So we can have all the thoughts that we want, but from the outside looking in, doesn't matter. Everybody on the inside loves him.
0: So as we progress in the preseason, obviously game two is coming up this weekend with Philly, including the joint practices this week, which is probably more emphasis by both teams than the actual game. Um, And then obviously next week's the preseason finale, the final roster cutdowns. You know, we've seen some guys at the bottom of the roster, the D'Anthony Bells, the Parnell Motley's that were that played well on Friday against Jacksonville. Who would be a surprise bubble guy that we should keep an eye on that might actually make the roster that nobody really would have expected coming into camp?
2: Uh, so that's an interesting question. I think there
3: are a few guys that really stand out to me. Uh, you named one of them. Um, you know, a bell is a guy that they, they're, they're intrigued by. Uh, in the I'm trying to get my my system to run uh, their their depth chart for me yeah the Anthony Bell is someone they're interested by um, slot receiver <clears throat> excuse me slot corner Sean Jolly unfortunately is injured uh, but I think it's telling that he's still on the roster and Silas Kelly who got injured about the same same time is gone they really want somebody uh, who can kind of be a the other slot guy right so they've got Guys on the outside, they do want to protect Denzel Ward. While he can move with the top receiver, they don't want him taking on that pulling guard, right? They don't want him getting hit by the tight ends, some of that kind of stuff when it comes to some of those run plays and and some of that kind of stuff. So they do want that fourth inside cornerback. Uh, but Bell, the reality is is Little Count had some issues last year. Very few of them are actually talked about or or known in in exactitude, but the reality is, is Richard LeCount, all the leadership and hard work guy that, that was coming out of Georgia didn't exist last year. So that fourth safety position is really up in the air. They brought in, they brought back Javante Moffat. So I think Bell and Jolly are the two guys that that really stand out to me as guys that could make the roster that, that we weren't probably expecting. And then um, obviously Chris Odom, Uh, while Isaiah Thomas is a guy that uh, the rookie and, you know, he had his two sacks and all that. Chris Odom showed a lot uh, as kind of that veteran solid guy um, that you're really starting to look and go, man, if, if Winovich is okay, uh, Jordan Elliott, I'm sorry, not Jordan Elliott, Miles Garrett, Genevieve and Clowney, Alex Wright, Isaac Rochelle. Like there's some players at that position that, all of a sudden you're like, wait, who does make this roster? Uh, How many defensive tackles do they keep? How many linebackers do they keep? Uh, Because Odom, Rochelle, uh, Winovich, you know, Thomas all looked really good. So I think a lot of it is on the defensive side of the ball. The offense seems, I'll use the word set, uh, in that we kind of know what it's going to look like. Yeah, we got to figure out who the third and fourth or third tight end is. Is that going to be Johnny Stanton? Um, You know, who is that going to be? But, Really, I think it's on defense. Some of those last roster spots—who can play on special teams, and who are they afraid to lose—and that's where you're going to see the Isaiah Thomas-type players that they're afraid to lose.
0: Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Winovich. Like, I—I I must have missed it. I might need to go back. I didn't see much from him Friday night, unless I just completely missed uh, number 69 out there on the field. But I felt like, and after especially after Isaiah Thomas's performance, I thought Isaiah Rochelle played well like Winovich, I feel like might be on the bubble and this will just go to our final topic. Like, is there a guy that you think would be a surprise roster cut? Like people wouldn't have expected coming into camp, had him penciled in as a roster lock. And then all of a sudden, as we get the final cut downs, he's like the Carl Nassib or, you know, the I'm trying to think of another surprise roster cut a couple years back. Um, but Carl Nassib immediately comes to mind. Cause I thought he was a lock in 2018. And then on hard knocks, you see, he gets the cut. Um, who would be a surprise roster cut to you?
3: You know, I think Winovich is a great a great call there. Uh, his value in the NFL is pretty clear. He got traded for Mac Wilson, right? Like, yeah. Uh, we all have our thoughts about Mac Wilson, so there is some questions about whether he is really that guy. And uh, their current depth chart has him injured, and I have no idea what happened, right? So I don't, I haven't heard anything about it. But uh, the official depth chart on the Browns media website. Um, has him in brackets and uh injured players are in brackets, so uh, you know, that Greg Newsom is in brackets, Sheldon Day, uh, this came out before obviously the cuts. So, I think Winovich is a good, is an interesting name. Um, you know, I think it'll be, would be interesting if uh Marco Santos Silva gets cut, he's a player that people got excited about because he's a basketball player, and and to be honest, they made a, a unique kind of call to say. Hey, uh, we signed him like right after the draft and didn't announce any other undrafted free agents until the rookie mini camp, whatever amount of time later, a week later, 10 days later, whatever that was. So I think he would be someone that would, that would, might be a surprise. Um, And then it's not overly surprising, but I wouldn't be shocked if greedy Williams um, or De'arnest Johnson uh, or Kareem hunt was traded. I think hunt would be the most surprising one from a, how he's how he's viewed on the team kind of thing. Um, but greedy Williams, Dearness Johnson, uh, if they can find um, you know a right trade partner, uh, I think those are two guys that uh, could make a lot of sense. I think some people might be surprised if Drew Forbes uh, doesn't make the roster, uh, Blake Hance even those there's a lot of guys on that offensive line uh, that would be surprising. And I think you know, similar to Canaro Hodge, who, you know, had a really Davion Davis. He's someone who just got cut by the Texans, but led the team in receiving yards last off season or last preseason. There are a few players that I think I get cut that would be slightly surprising, um, but I don't think outside of the ones we've mentioned, there's any. Oh, <clears throat> the other one would be Jordan Elliott uh, type of player, someone in that defensive tackle room, only because if they don't have a lot of money tied up to them, um, you know, and they don't see a big future. Could like a Jordan Elliott kind of be moved on from so that uh, Roderick Perry or Glenn Logan make the roster? So I don't think that's going to happen, but that'd be a name that uh, would jump out to people. Uh, But he's in year three um, after being a third round pick. So you could see that being a move that could happen, even though he looked good in uh, week one. We'll see what really is going on with him.
0: Yeah, so you, um, I looked it up while you were talking. Chase Winovich has a hamstring injury. Um, shout out to Fred Griefham of the OBR. He uh, posted a video of Winovich working on the side and did mention that he has a hamstring injury. So that's kind of a surprise because it was not mentioned at all, like you said. And the Newsome one came out of nowhere too, I think on Monday. I don't think anybody knew about that as well. But all the guys you mentioned at the end, Greedy, uh, Dearness, uh, Kareem Hunt, those are guys I feel like we could flip potentially for a position of weakness or maybe regain some draft capital, even if it's late round picks, the Browns need to recoup some extra picks that they've given up because of trades and uh, especially the Watson trade, since they're without some top draft po- choices, not saying they're going to get them for greedy or Kareem or anybody, but definitely need to recoup some draft uh, capital over the next couple years because of some of the trades we made.
2: Yeah. And no, going into, you know, the, the final roster rejection, do you think they're going to end up keeping two guys at the quarterback position or are they gonna keep all three guys behind um, you know deshaun watson?
3: Ooh that's a good question you know obviously we have no idea last night I was asked on the OBR one and I was like ah I think he plays this year uh, but I wouldn't be shocked he doesn't play. Um I don't think you can keep Josh Rosen. Like the dude does not look good. And so you can't just keep a quarterback just to keep a quarterback at least on the 53 man uh, if you want to keep somebody on the practice squad, does Kyle Laletta get healthy? Uh, I believe he got hurt at the U- in the USFL. I forget what his injury length of time is. Um, but I think there's always going to be a random quarter. They got Nick Mullins last year out of like, oh, okay, Nick Mullins is coming over at cut down day. I just don't think you can use a roster spot when you have a talented roster this deep for a crappy quarterback. And that's coming from the guy who had Josh Rosen as one B to Lamar Jackson, uh, who is my one A in that year's draft? So Josh Rosen has been terrible. Uh, but you just can't keep him on the roster just to keep a quarterback. You might always want to try to do something different, but you bring him in, he's a camp arm. You see if you can you can see if you do something in a in a wide zone scheme, see if you can find something out of him because he does have some movability skills and all that. We just haven't seen it yet. He'll get a lot. Listen, it's gonna be the Josh show against the Eagles. Probably not gonna see Watson. You're not going to see Brissette. So let's see what Dobbs and let's see what, um, what Rosen can do. And then we'll kind of go from there, but I think it's going to be uh, Brissette and Dobbs uh, going in and then uh, Dobbs going down to the practice squad, most likely if uh, Watson returns.
0: With Rosen, like anybody you've talked to around the league, what has been his downfall? Because coming out people had him projected as the top quarterback in the draft had the best nfl arm by some experts and then it was just like was it a bad fit for him to go to arizona and then it just obviously getting kicked to the side for kyler murray in year two and it's just like what has been his downfall in the league you know that's a great question two things
3: one on the field his accuracy has not been what we saw Um, uh, but we you know it's like anything johnny Manziel had um General accuracy, but didn't have precise accuracy uh, in college, and then he wasn't accurate at the NFL level. So um, I think the the accuracy thing has been a big deal. And then there's something to be said about um, I'll use the word attitude, but I don't actually mean it as an attitude problem. But there's something to be said about laid back, except when you can't be laid back. Do you have the ability to shift gears? Right? Does an extrovert have the ability to shut his mouth? I'm talking about myself, so I can say it that way. Uh, do I have the ability to shift gears in meetings? Uh, does a introvert have the ability to shift gears when needed to be vocal and advocate for themselves and all that kind of stuff? And, and Josh Rosen, you know, Eli Mann was a pretty laid back dude, but he got fiery when he needed to, and he was good at what he did. Josh Rosen never seems to really give two craps about anything, uh, which would be great if you're good. Uh, but when you're trying to fight for a roster spot, that's not the vibe you want to give off to your teammates, to your coaches, all of that kind of stuff. So it just doesn't seem like he cares, even if he is a good worker. Uh, and then the accuracy is kind of important.
0: Anthony, you got anything else for Jared before we wrap up?
2: Um, no, I don't think so.
0: I think we're all good. Jared, I actually have one more question. Because I'd be remiss if we didn't, say, have one question about the Cavs. Because you did cover them back in the day. What do you make of the whole Colin Sexton situation?
3: Yeah, I think a really interesting one where uh, it's almost the opposite of the J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson situation. The team's using their leverage, right? And so I think the the Cavs know that they, I know, I know the Cavs know that they have their leverage. I know the Cavs know that they have an option uh, and they can get really creative and uh, they can hold his feet to the fire. And so you know, LeBron returning is a, still a possibility. It's, it's unlikely. It's, I would say, probably uh, based on a conversation, 25%. Uh, and that 25% is based on a lot of things happening in LA uh, and based on Evan Mobley and some of those kind of things, uh, kind of really expanding. Um, but for them, Colin Sexton, I think he's a very good player but he just doesn't have the leverage right now. And he's got to decide whether it's a risky thing or not. And so right now they're, they're kind of squared off. And to be honest, they both think the same thing. They both think Colin Sexton is a really good player who has the upside of being a really, really good player um, in whatever role, but they both understand that fit um, as being kind of that guy with Mobley, with Garland, with Jared Allen, uh, that he can't be used in the same way, um, but that he does have a lot of upside. So they actually, they're in a lot of agreement, except for we got the leverage and you don't. So we're trying to leverage that and be respectful of you and all that kind of stuff. And and we'll see where it ends up. But listen, I think Colin Sexton would be a great uh, sixth man for this team. Um, I don't think him and Lavert fit very well together. Uh, but would Colin Sexton, Ricky Rubio in a smaller lineup with Isaac Okoro make some sense, you know, as a second team? Sure. Put Levert in the starting lineup with the taller guys. I think there's a lot of flexibility there. So um, in the end, you want talented players, but you also have to play the long-term game of, you know, they might be looking to bring Kevin Love back on a much cheaper contract in the future. Uh, And so they just want to have some flexibility, some space to do that. And they have no reason to overpay Colin Sexton with Darius Garland now on his deal, Jared Allen on his deal, and Evan Mobley looking like the next superstar.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I'm glad the Cavs haven't committed long-term, him just to keep that flexibility, like you said, just in case, you know, the LeBron window opens again. Because LeBron coming back, as long as they don't shuffle the deck with this young squad, I mean, that's an instant title contender, which is crazy to think LeBron in year 20 could still make that much of an impact on a young team like the Cavs, but just keep the all options open. If Levert comes back healthy and balls out, I would feel pretty confident giving him the long-term money instead of Sexton, just because I feel like he would fit better what they do. And he provides more length, which Sexton can't. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I hope it doesn't drag into the season because I feel really good about this Cavs team as they're constructed. If Sexton comes back, he adds some uh, another punch off the bench. If not, I still feel really good about this team going forward. Yeah, like how fun! Like we're one of the you
3: know Cleveland's one of the few towns that has three professional sports teams, Uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes, obviously. Anybody that has any of that ugly uh, those ugly blue and gold colors, you shut it down. But you know how great is it that three professional sports teams are at least going to be good or expected to be good. The Gardos, you know, they've got the lead in the AL central. Uh, the Browns are expected to be good, even if not great without Watson. Uh, and then obviously we're talking about the Cavaliers is a really fun, you know, they're like the new Jersey, new, yeah. The new Jersey nets of a few years ago that Lavert and Allen were on where they're young, exciting, kind of coming together. Uh, just a lot of fun players. Uh, so it's great to have four quality teams to in the state, uh, you know, and you can add the the Bengals, so uh, it's really fun time for the state of Ohio when it comes to professional
2: sports. And the blue and the Blue Jackets are going to be very much improved too uh, after their big free agency. Is that signing. is that
3: what the BJ's are in your house? I, I, I think there was a there was a media guy who I actually don't follow hockey in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but I you know I all I know is that tweet by that, the you know the the Browns media guy about watching a lot of Blue Jackets ho- Blue Jacket hockey. <laughs> Key in his home,
2: I I, w- I wish that team was in Cleveland. I really do. Like I feel like it should be, because I I think that he would really embrace a, a very tough hockey team.
0: I, I had to laugh when the Blue Jackets made their moves this offseason. I sent them to Anthony. I'm like, is this good? Is this good? People are getting hyped. Like, I'm not a big hockey fan, but I seen the Blue yeah, Jackets they- are being aggressive, so.
2: Yeah. They, they shocked pretty much the entire hockey world when they signed the top free agent uh, and free agency, Johnny Goudreau. So uh, Johnny hockey is what he's called.
0: Hey, Johnny hockey is always greater than Johnny football. So that's it. But Jared, we can't thank you so much for your time. You're always gracious with your time. When you come on with us, Uh, talk about the Browns wire, what's going on there and plug your social media.
3: Sure. Yeah. Uh, You know, the Browns wire we do as best we can with everything that we can Right as Uh, kind of that uh, second full-time job that I have. Uh, And so, you know, just trying to keep track of of everything going on so that it's kind of a a one-stop shop for news, videos, information, right? You know, so, you know, the Anthony Schwartz, you know, catch today, I'll be putting up Cade York's uh, amazing kick, his 55-yard kick that basically was almost at the top of the goalpost when it went through. Uh, You know, so we just try to keep track of as many things as we can, breaking things down. Uh, Jeff Risden, Uh, who really was the basically the initial editor, still helps out with the site, which is great. Uh, Josh Keatley does his breakdowns. Brad Ward, uh, who has the All Eyes on Cleveland podcast and does some stuff for us. Um, And then really we're looking forward to, you know, the closure with the Deshaun Watson. Uh, And so that closure will allow us some opportunity to really go back and talk about the trade, talk about the impact on the fans, talk about really kind of put a bow on some of that Because whenever he returns, I'll be quite honest with you, I have zero conversation about what happened uh, after he returns. Like that has, again, for victims and everybody else and all the big deal for a lot of people, I get it, but uh, we're just going to really focus on the football part once he returns. So kind of putting a bow on that for at least as a Browns media and how we're going to move forward. So just trying to really do that because I think it's important that this segment right even the baker mayfield stuff how do we revisit that and look at they started recruiting deshaun watson baker wanted out all that kind of went with that um you know and, and we'll go from there so it's kind of trying to do as much as we can there so uh the browns wire is i believe <laughs> yeah it's at the browns wire is our uh, social media at jared k Mueller, uh, and then the browns or go through usa today um, we are part of the sports media group with USA today. So, um, uh, you know, just, I, I was just looking at it. I, this is my, about to be my 10th year covering professional sports started with, uh, the fan sided network. Um, my wife was about to run some marathons or get ready to run marathons. And she's, I was like, what am I going to do while you're training? She's like, do some sports. She thought I would go play i started writing and now we're here so uh it's been a cool looking at that kind of decade of of doing this
0: and congrats on a decade man that's awesome you and you're great at what you do and keep up the great work and thanks for always being good to us man
3: absolutely and you know uh you know i got to meet anthony in person one of these days buddy we're gonna i'll actually see you in person someplace uh so uh it's good always good to be on with like i said with good people right in the end, this is a life. Is about people. it's about moments. It's about uh, doing the best we can with everything we got. So uh, it's been my. It's always my privilege and, and pleasure. Yeah, yep. so, so somehow I managed to meet
2: Jared before I met Jack, uh, which is kind of weird. So
0: we, we, me, and Anthony finally met last fall at the Browns Cardinals game, and I was. I mean, that was cool. And then obviously the Browns got walloped by Kyler Murray and company, but it was a cool experience. It was my first Browns game in person too, so that was awesome. And. This fall, I'm going to, I'm going to Miami to the Browns Dolphins game and I get to meet Jack Duffin in person. So that's going to be a pretty cool experience as well. So that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Checking those experiences off, right? Absolutely. Um, And as for our podcast, you guys can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Jokey. You can follow me at Jack McCurry08. And you can follow the Dogland at the Dogland on Twitter as well as Facebook. Uh, If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, be, be sure to subscribe or follow, leave us a review and and share as well on all the social media platforms. And until next time, Browns fans, as we head on out of here, have a great night, day, wherever time you're listening to us, and go Browns.
2: Progressive presents
0: Adjusting to the Suburbs. You just bought a home in the suburbs, but no one
1: told you about all the birds, specifically this one, who seems to be calling out Roy. 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 But who exactly is Roy? And why doesn't he ever respond? Why? Maybe Roy is just bird speak for Save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. Why? I guess until Roy answers, we'll never know. Why? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third party insurers. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.